Our final finish episode is brought to you by the significance of the social welfare state. It cannot be understated how crucial these programs are to the success of the Finnish education system. You see these in the earliest moments of a child's life in which the healthcare is universal and provided by the state. The family is provided with a baby box that gives all the necessary needs for the first year of life. The daycare starting at age one and throughout college is free and provided. Maternity leave and paternity leave. The list goes on. This doesn't mention the free bus rides and admission so that students can have field trips. It really supports the entire family and the student's ability to learn. So let's learn from our professor today about the education system. I believe this will be a perfect way to end our examination of Finland. Enjoy. Welcome back to The Traveling Teacher. I am very excited with the current guest I have. Would you mind introducing yourself to the podcast and what you do here at the University of Helsinki? Well, um, my name is Reijo Miettinen. I'm an emeritus professor of adult education in the University of Helsinki. I have uh, also uh, studied uh, vocational education in polytechnics and also to some extent the Finnish school system and its special education system. And that is actually where I'd love to start off in talking about the lessons you learned about the special education in Finland and the success it had uh, for the students. Often when people are thinking of Finland, especially in the United States, they credit a lot of external factors. And while those are successful, we'll talk about those. I'm curious about what were the specific successes that you noticed in your report that led to the success for Finnish students? Uh, okay. Uh, first, I must say that uh, the success in the PISA test or any uh, school achievement test cannot alone explain by the school system. The supporting societal institutions like library system and music school system, uh, maternity and child care system, Uh, uh, early childhood education, kindergartens also play a role. But if I go to the uh, education system, maybe the most uh, 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 evident or most used explanation for the Finnish uh, success is the uh, teacher education, which is based on master, uh, master thesis in the university since 1918s. And uh, not only this, but uh, the fact that teacher uh, profession is very much uh, honored or uh, wanted in Finland. That uh, until these years, uh, to get uh, in Helsinki University, the applying for teacher uh, teacher studies was the most difficult place to uh, get in. There were most, more applicants than in, in medicine or, or uh, and so on. So uh, teachers has 
Carl being very uh, respected uh, 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 profession in Finland, and that's why very good uh, people who really want to teach children is getting into the teacher teacher studies. So maybe this, and uh, in addition, we have a, a, a teacher further education system, so that uh, I think it's three days a year, every teacher participate to the further education uh, days, which assume very different forms. Uh, but uh, for instance, uh, three years ago I participated in uh, Capital Regional Helsinki. There was a fair or good practices, which was organized so that uh, uh, the school presented the educational and pedagogical uh, innovations they have uh, uh, developed to other mm -hmm. teachers. Ah, so it did not come from the researchers yeah. or administrations, but uh, the teachers and schools are, are all the time supposed to develop their own solution mm. and make pedagogical innovations. So part of these studies uh, for their education that they exchange the experiences and the methods that they have been used. Of course, in addition, the researchers of, let's say, learning difficulties come regularly to give lectures, what has been developed and what cuddle tools has been, and so on. So this may be the first, the teacher cope and, and, mm -hmm. and the maintenance of the quality, which is not formal, but they're supposed to develop new solutions and mm -hmm. uh, also to learn horizontally exactly. from each other. I think that's a key difference, right, the, in this kind of new organizational model in which it's not hierarchical, but yeah, horizontal in this definitely sense. so. And I, I almost must say that, of course, the public universal educational system makes it possible because the schools yes. are not competing. Yeah. <laughs> they they no really, yeah. no ranking, and they can really uh, uh, give what they have developed to other schools. And there's uh, this ethical kind of, we together develop a better school system. I'm curious if you were able to see any levels of inequality in schools, or is there a, fo is there a direct focus to target that level of inequality for students of low income? Uh, you mean difference between the schools? Yes. Uh, uh, this is maybe another uh, important explanation that Finland is one of the, I don't know, very few countries where there is no national comparative tests. Mm -hmm. uh, we have only the student examination in the age of 17. You get graded and uh, uh, they are published. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, the testing in the schools is done by the teacher uh, to know and understand the problems and the level of the student so that she is able to help them. Absolutely. But uh, we have a, a evaluation board mm -hmm. under the Ministry of uh, uh, Education which make uh, comparative studies between the schools in different districts in Finland because the whole starting point 
for our comprehensive school system was that in every area, in every part of the country, there must be uh, equal opportunities for education. So the differences are followed. But there is a large agreement in Finland that the comparisons of the school are not allowed to publish. Mm -hmm. There was a re uh, two years ago, sociologist or education in Turku University made an inquiry where they asked the headmasters and teachers that should the uh, school or uh, uh, should the uh, the results of the schools be published? And 92 percent said that no they should not be published because it would increase the differences between the schools. So the kind of ethos of equality is very strong. And actually, in my mind, uh, one of the most interesting results of PISA tests was not the high ranking, but rather the fact that the differences between the schools were by far the lowest among the OEC country in, in, in Finland which I think is maybe we are losing something of it, but that used to be the fact. I also found that quite fascinating. Uh, the, the lowest percentile was far higher than any other country, which is a significance. I think that also directly goes at the special education component of schools. And so I know, for example, 30% of students over there their educational course will receive some sort of special education. Yeah, Can you talk about yeah, that? Yeah. Actually, uh, the special education system was developed in late 18s and in the 19s to the direction that there used to be prior the special education classes. Mm -hmm. But then uh, uh, a philosophy emerged that it's better to keep the students uh, in normal classes as far as possible, so yes. that they don't become insulated from the others. Mm -hmm. And that's why they created a system of, uh, uh, kind of uh, first we have a kind of part learning system where the normal teachers help more the students who have difficulties. But then the uh, main form of special education are small groups after the school hours, where if you have problems in math, mm -hmm. the math teach, uh, special education teacher has a group where uh, all who need it can come uh, to get uh, to get uh, uh, Support. supported, and and uh, after that she, she or he can uh, return to the normal class, being able to follow. And uh, really, this one-third has sometimes gone there. If you have been normally sick for one month and you have dropped from, you can go okay. to the small group to uh, get, get help and yeah. get access to the... Uh, so, so it also normalized that mm -hmm. it, it's, it's not anymore... Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a kind of uh, supporting group. That's fantastic. And I'm curious though, like how are those teachers in schools held accountable? Is there a, a board or other people outside of the school that are making sure that those services are being done? There are following on two levels. As okay. I said, the under the ministry, there are, uh, uh, there are uh, evaluation studies done mm -hmm. uh, where they compare the results in different parts 
of our country. But uh, actually, part of the story of the Finnish comprehensive school, that all the inspection systems were eliminated. Yeah. <laughs> there is no control. That's and uh, it has been described that it was a kind of a switch from the culture of control to culture of trust. Mm. Where uh, the, uh, the schools are, su are supposed to take care of it and develop their practices and uh, get the teacher corp involved. And this is, of course, this also the part of the curriculum system that uh, in the 19s there was a change uh, in the curriculum thinking that the national framework is uh, fairly loose and the schools are, municipalities and schools are supposed to make their own plans, mm -hmm. which make it more specific and might take the special features or their area into account and so on. And they, one of the arguments is that it's very important that the teacher participate in designing the local curriculum because they are realized to they are supposed to realize it, mm -hmm. and uh, it's not given from outside to them, but they decided uh, by them, and that's the point of trust. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. They are, and I think it's much more better than control. What of you can course. do if you control. Mm -hmm. Goes badly. Trap. I, yeah, yeah, trap. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I love that phrase. The it's the trust over control. It's this yeah, this new yeah. approach to really give teachers autonomy. Yeah, give yeah, autonomy yeah. To do what's best for their students. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And that the testing is a uh, uh, kind of uh, testing to help the children, not compare the schools. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of testing, but you might testing the learning difficulties and the level, but then the teacher get understanding where we go. Yes. And he can arrange his pedagogical solutions better to fit the situation and help the, help the school children. Which could be an indicator of, you know, the U.S. is currently very much that control, testing, and then ranking of schools in which we rank, you know, 30th on PISA compared to... I know, and I, sometimes England. I have said, my slogan has been that if we use this PISA score, which I'm not sure whether, <laughs> how good they are, but anyhow, that we, we are kind of uh, up in the comparison by... by uh, uh, Other countries. Yeah, because we are... Uh, we don't allow competition. We yeah. compete because we don't allow competition <laughs> with the school system. Mm. And uh, it's a permanent uh, uh, problem, pedagogical problem, that uh, now when they underline that every student should have their kind of uh, own uh, uh, program or self-curriculum to develop things to kind of... Uh, uh, not to allow them to all the time compare each other. It's mm -hmm. uh, unfair and not sensible from pedagogical point of view. Yeah. Well, I also, we had an interesting conversation earlier. Uh, I really appreciate, and I recommend anyone to read this survey that I will post out on the 
individualized services provision in the new welfare state. Uh, but I'm curious too about the idea that I noticed really strongly in, pre in the preschool I visited yesterday around the idea of imagination and how okay. that plays into the kind of what we need for our future. Yeah, I guess that in Nordic, in Sweden and Finland, uh, partly because uh, because of the cultural historical uh, uh, activity theory, which uh, which specific theory about cultural development of children, uh, we underline the significance of play uh, as a basic activity which allows the development of the children. Through uh, uh, role play, they create imaginary worlds and adapt roles and mm -hmm. activities there. And uh, many philosophers uh, have kind of uh, pointed out, which is in my mind very important, that play, uh, before the school, play activities are uh, vital for the development of imagine, Im imagination or imagining alternative uh, solutions in the society. That's what our, the role play is. They actually, they constructed a society, mini-society, mm -hmm. uh, uh, adapting roles and contribution to each in the form of, of play. And uh, so... And in our world that's, you know, wrought with different issues, I think having, developing those imaginative innovators is going to be crucial for our future yeah. success. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Including that then in role plays and play in general, you can kind of integrate reading and writing and counting mm -hmm. and so on. If you have a shopkeeper, yeah. you have to calculate the money and making calculations. But it comes as a part of the play, as a natural element of it. It's not like in the school that you are supposed to make calculations for their own sake. In the play, you need yeah. them because you are a shopkeeper or any. And then there's enjoyment and engagement Absolutely. towards so, this idea yeah, yeah, of yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Children are yeah. totally immersed in the play, mm -hmm. as anybody can see that when they get in there, they are totally living it. Mm -hmm. And so it's a natural way to kind of enrich that play by bringing also elements that they uh, learn to read and calculate and know numbers and start reading and uh, like that. And I'm wondering how you see that early level of uh, theology around play-based learning and how that applies later on in their education once they go into secondary. How does that early engagement support them once they're older? Uh, it's very interesting uh, questions. I'm not sure, but uh, there are schools in Finland where uh, preschool pre education and first and second grade are combined. Mm. And there still the kind of develop, uh, developed play mm -hmm. plays an important role. Yeah. And actually it's a very interesting question that how the play could be used in earlier. And I don't find... Uh, 
kind of playful activity in projects and so it's not I, I, I could guess that the uh, imagination developed in play helps you very much in the task or projects that comes later where you are supposed to kind of transform something or, or create something new. Maybe a future research report. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm positive about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd love to finish off with something I've asked everybody here on the podcast, which is if you had, uh, if you were in the position of power over a school or a school district, what would be some, some key focuses that you'd want to see in the school uh, whether, you know, anything we've talked about or something beyond in your level of expertise? Mm. Well, one thing which I would develop and contribute, we have all this old age discussion about school subjects mm -hmm. and then transversal school activities where you cannot be within the subject. And I, I think that... Uh, when such transversal projects need to be constructed, for instance, discussing about climate change mm -hmm. or biodegradation or big problems yeah. around this, uh, uh, school and in the society, which will be vital for the children. Uh, those could be organized in such a way that they are there is a keen collaboration with the researchers and civil society association and experts outside the school, which together kind of create basis for dealing with such uh, big problems, which are anyhow part of the children's life uh, in future. So in a way, actually it's John Dewey mm -hmm. who uh, introduced the concept of occupation of mm -hmm. the children which he think that it's kind of a, uh, uh, it's kind of runs parallel or reproduce uh, the activities that take place in the society. But they have to be constructed uh, from the point of view of the learners that uh, if, if we in the school deal with the climate change, we cannot imitate IPPC. Right. <laughs> but we have to Looking make forward. it uh, yeah, yeah we have to make it specific for the schools yes but it's impossible without uh, collaboration with the researchers mm -hmm. or civil society association who are specialized in this because a single teacher or even a single school don't really uh, have resources to an expert expertise to uh, create deal with these problems properly Mm -hmm. without help of these outside experts or uh, practitioners in the society. That would be one thing that yes. I would introduce. Well, I think that would be a fascinating thing. And as I say, it takes a community to raise a child. And yeah. That would yeah. be yeah. Yeah. a pretty instrumental way to provide them with those different individuals who are actually in the field that they yeah. may be researching to give them that insight and that yeah. experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. They have a different point of view, which is unaccessible within mm. the school. But it's not, uh, it's better than text or uh, material or uh, uh, some uh, uh, staff in the network, because they are living people yeah. sharing their concerns and 
telling about how they understand. It's also motivating and it kind of widens perspective, both for the teachers and the, and the uh, pupils. And that's what we're hoping to do here today is to widen those perspectives. So on that, yeah. I want to thank you so much. Thank, thank you for you. coming in. I appreciate thank it. You. Thank you, Professor. There is so much that we can pull from today's episode, but being the final one here in Finland, I really want to focus on the concept of imagination. Whether that means play-based, providing students with access to the arts, or just other avenues to be creative and think outside the box, because it is vital for these students who are our future to be able to imagine alternative societies, alternative ways of living, alternative ways to solve the complex problems of the now and of the future. This has been an absolutely amazing experience learning about the Finnish education system with all of these wonderful educators. And I can't be grateful enough for my beautiful family who really supported me by housing me, by showing me around, by introducing me to these people, and so much more. Thank you so much for this time. I hope you enjoyed listening and I hope you learned a thing or two. It's a pretty amazing place. I think we all can take some of these concepts to really improve our own society and our own education system. Stay tuned to future episodes. For now, class dismissed.